What it do, the Breaking Barriers podcast. Dreaming, y'all muted. I don't know. I don't know. I feel, ah! What's up? What's up? I feel like when you bring us in now, like we be muted now. So just got to watch out for that. But yeah, man. It's, 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 it's real fault. Yeah. I didn't do it. You did it. You did it. It's Diddy's fault. It's Diddy. your fault, Diddy. Today is your fault. Today is your fault. It's always my fault. How y'all doing? Hey, man. Good. How are y'all? It's a good day. You feel me? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Somebody sound like he real well. Hey, man. I'm about that bread, you know. Money on my mind. <laughs> I don't want to uh-huh. You you and your you and your um your friends. Let me stop. I ain't gonna go there today. <laughs> I don't know which friends you're you know what I'm talking about. I, I they're, they're, they're not so helpful. Anyway, um <laughs> welcome to the Breaking Barriers Podcast. For those of you who do not know who we are, we are here live every Tuesday. We are part of the Iron World Media Group and we are part of the internet radio Black with No Chaser. If you don't have that app, you need to download it so you can listen to our audio when we go live after the live after the live. Uh, I will introduce my co-host today because we got a great show. We got a lot of topics to talk about. I done stirred some shit up on the internet last week, so we're going to get into it. I will start off by introducing my amazing co-host, Mr. Adrian Taylor, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Veteran himself. <laughs> A.K.A. Mr. GC already. You already know. Come on. And then we have the lovely, beautiful Miss Jarena, A.K.A. Jarena Dream. A.K.A. I'm glad I'm not uh, Kiki Palmer, baby. <laughs> hey, Danica. Hey, boo. A.K.A. Hey. When she got a tan, she really don't. But keep going. Right. Shut up, Adrian. <laughs> and then we have our lovely hostess with the mostest, Miss Dee Dee, Miss AKA. The core queen. AKA. Y'all gonna get these cheeks. <laughs> we about to get into it, okay, honey? We gonna get into it. We're going to start with our trending topics since everything seems to be trending this week. We're going to start off light and then we're going, you know, escalate. We're going to escalate a little bit. 
We're going to talk about our girl, uh, Sha'Carri Richardson. She's showing out. She done made it to the uh, world championship, 100 meter. You know, she's showing out out there. What y'all think about it? She ripped her wig off before she started. I guess I'm going to help her with her uh, resistance. I ain't no hater, but I said it a year ago. I'm going to say it again. Until she beat them Jamaicans, I'm 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 just gonna keep watching. Hey, I'm just glad she 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 let go of the synthetic weed or whatever the hell she was smoking. And I'm glad yeah. she's not talking as much, you know, because even when she do, you like you, you you're doing too much. Just just chill. You got it. Don't don't overdo it. Don't overdo it. But uh, she she been cool. She been all right. Yeah. Life has a way of humbling people real quick. Oh yeah, she a little girl, so you know yeah, she's right. growing up. She's growing up. Yeah, we, we was all something some different back in the day, you know? Right. Little Grace. I'm fit. But but big ups to her. I'm I'm glad it, it was it was people hating on her, like, oh, she she tired, like she looked burnt out in the 200. You like she got second place, like chill. Like you ain't gonna win them all. Like, what are we doing? She got first in the hundred and second in the two hundred. That's a great day, or you know, a great week. So they don't understand the elite level that she's at running. <laughs> like, people, don't, people don't know like how fast that is. Like you. And then she lost out. to Gabby, who they said what mm-hmm. she ran like the fourth or fifth fastest time ever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. yo, chill. She she did all right. She wow. was good. She did all right. You know the touchscreen thugs gonna always have something to say. Can't even get up their stairs. You already know. You know. Oh, yeah. So what do you guys think about um, Meta has rolled out a new social media platform called Threads? Have you checked Have you checked it out? You have an account? What's up? Have you heard people talking about it? Yeah, I heard people talking about it. I haven't personally checked it out. Um, you know, it's going to be the same thing. People going to eventually be talking crazy about it like they did Clubhouse. But we run them numbers up and then we wondering why. Yeah, never mind. What y'all, how y'all experiencing it? I haven't tried it, but I heard that there was a black app like Twitter being made, but you have to have be like invited to it. So and of course, they the same and they don't, yeah, they don't have it on um it's not available for Android, so I can't yeah. use it. And then um what's his face? Um Isaac Hayes the third, right? He got mm-hmm. the app. I mean, I actually have that, and I actually invested in it as well too, because um he was on Fan Engine taking a uh, crowdfunding, and I actually invested in it personally. So, hmm. something y'all can look into. I don't know if they still doing the investment part of it, but uh, yeah, it's app pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, the um threads is simple because it's it's connected to Instagram, so it's not like it's a new app it's not like it's a new platform it's literally yeah. copying and pasting your instagram profile over to another platform um it's exactly like twitter except you don't have a limited amount of characters that you can type so mm. um okay it's, it's um it's pretty much the same exact format the same everything and that's why uh your boy elon and uh zuckerberg going back and forth about stealing and wanting to fight and all of this because it's literally exactly like Twitter. <laughs> Is it really? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, well, 
are they really like is this beef real or they I don't real? know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's if, if that's somebody else making that up saying like posting the stuff about the whole <laughs> penis measuring contest and all that between the two. I don't know, but hmm, okay. But they're saying that um that he stole the the engineers from Twitter to go over and create threads. So I miss literally exactly like <laughs> so I don't know. I like it over there. I I, I have almost four thousand followers already. Okay. I think it's a cool um platform. It's simple. I like just being there. I like text-based stuff, just type and go. But you can do videos and pictures too, but I just think it's really simple. Hmm. We'll see how long it lasts. Who knows? And as far as the um when black people create things, it's gonna be the same thing when black people try to do anything. Um you black people don't organize. They don't they don't they don't do things very well as a collective. So there's that. Mm. Hey man, it's running them numbers up. I heard it was the fastest. So um and it's because it's easy. It's because it's literally you don't have to do much to anything that you simplify and streamline. People are gonna just go to it because it's just easy. Yeah, yeah. fastest growing app. You know. Yeah. You just log into your Instagram through. You don't have to do much creating and all this extra stuff. It's just there. It's it's really simple. So if you put a whole bunch of blockers for people, they're not gonna. People are lazy. They're not gonna do a whole bunch of steps. I mean, that's why most people use iPhone because it just makes life so much easier to connect all your your things whether if you got a watch if you got a tablet if you got you know that's the same thing with samsung though i, it, I mean all my stuff connects too it's just you just prefer that well, the apple did it first though samsung's does it now but you know apple was doing it you know that was their whole marketing thing that's how they got so many people to get apple because right. they made it so much you know so easy but yeah you're right samsung does it now too but Apple was, you know, at the gate, like, yeah. Hey, right. Oh, so, oh, my bad. Rob said that it is real. I guess the beef is really real. Um, <laughs> Twitter has 450 million users and Threads already has 100 million. Yes. <clears throat> I got the scoop from Earn Your Leisure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Meta owns Facebook, IG, WhatsApp, and now Threads. Game time. Yeah. Hey, man, they trying to be, be Amazon or social media. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I guess. Man. So um, did you guys see that Jamie Foxx is out and about? I've seen him a few times now. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because um I, right before we got on here, I just saw that Ryan Davis did a whole little clip. You know, he does his little comedic thing on social media, and he was talking about celebrities being cloned. And he used two examples, Jamie Foxx and um, Gucci Mane. And he was like, I mean, if this is what they're doing, <laughs> I mean, hell, keep doing it if you're giving us better products. But yeah. in the comments, Jamie Foxx commented, was like, That's, this is brilliant. So there was, of course, we can't take anything serious. <laughs> there was a, a meme that said, I mean, Jamie could have said thank you because, like, I was speaking in tongues for you, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> because what Ryan was trying to say was like, just like Jamie Foxx is so talented. He got all these skills. He provides all this talent to us, like everything across the gamut. 
And if they're gonna clone him, thank you. Like we don't we gonna right. keep him. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, if that's the if that's what they're doing, okay. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's so crazy how the internet is still because the morning that they posted him like waving on a boat or whatever, I had just saw on TikTok. Somebody was saying, you know, things aren't looking good for him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, people are running with this. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said before, he was when he was sick. I Jamie Foxx has never been this overly exposed person to me anyway. He's never really shared a lot anyway. Yeah. Oh. He hasn't. But I'm glad he I'm glad he's fine. The, the internet that's not a real place really thinks that everybody owes them something like they're entitled to people's lives and an update on everything like they don't have to tell you nothing I don't know we'll see um, so what y'all think about the Supreme Court um, the ruling about the affirmative action <clears throat> being pretty much done away with don't think about that I don't know. I, I guess because I, I don't. I don't know how to feel. I don't know really what to think and how it's going to, you know, ultimately. Impact. On a large scale, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not like. It's quite fair down to, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, so I don't really know. You know, when I really look at the landscape of it, I don't know if it, you know, what difference it's really going to make. Well, when you when you're talking about black um, academically, black people who have excelled academically, who have not been given the opportunity to get into a, a university, maybe it's a Ivy League university or something, because they're black, this is where affirmative action has taken up that slack because otherwise they wouldn't even get the opportunity. They outpace every other person in that school, but, but they're black. But then so we see, you know, all these, you know, posts of this person got 25 admission, you know, acceptances and 30 and 40 and, you know, with these standout, uh, you know, high schoolers that are black. I, that's why I say I don't- Right, because of affirmative action. What I'm saying, you take that away, they don't get those opportunities because they're black. That's what that's what people the, the people who were getting into colleges back in the day. I mean, the people who had these accolades back in the day before affirmative action weren't getting those acceptance letters. But now that affirmative action is on the books, they have to provide those acceptance letters. Now we will see that you're not going to see all those acceptance letters because affirmative action goes away. I hope that we'll see because I don't I don't think that's gonna change. I, I personally don't, but we'll see. I do because there's a quota. You have to you have to make this quota based off of what's on the books. We have to get this certain amount of colored people into this building based off their academics because we have this law. Because yeah. I, I guess because I don't I don't think it will be an issue with those kids. Those are the only ones that it affects. That's what affirmative action was for. Yeah, that's what those. 
those standout kids, it's not gonna affect them. Now it's yes, gonna affect Adrian, that's what the reason that's what affirmative action was for. I know what affirmative for kids, action was for, but I'm for saying kids who have st- you don't you think that these white schools give a shit that black point. people have great grades just because they got great grades, especially these legacy schools. <laughs> My point is, I don't know if it's going to affect the kids that I'm talking about. The kids that it may affect is the kids that, yeah, you got all A's, um, but you might not be valedictorian. You might not be, you know, that kid with a 4.8, you know, uh, super, super, super geniusy smart, you know, but you may be super smart. I think it may affect those kids. That's what I'm saying. Like the kids I'm talking about, it's not going to affect them. Like, but I don't think those are the kids that were using affirmative action. We're talking about kids that were getting into Ivy League schools that you could right. only really get in if you had a legacy or you could pay to get into them. You had to be extremely smart with a 4.8, with the valedictorian behind you. And even with all of that, if you were black, you still couldn't get in. But I see so many do get in. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I don't know. I, I have to see. I'm just just because affirmative action is gone. I don't know how much is going to change. Like, so we saying that the top 0.001% now are not going to be able to get an Ivy League. I don't see that. I don't see that happening I, because they need diversity. Whether they, you know, affirmative action is there or not, they still need it. They still want it. They're going to have to be around those kids. Now, our legacy is probably getting in before them, of course, but they've been getting in before them. So that's what I'm saying. You take away affirmative action. I just don't see nothing change. You're going to get the, the top 001% of all the other races and then all the legacies, which is still what's going on. I don't I don't know what's going to be different, personally. I hope that <clears throat> it pushes um, young African-Americans even more to the institutions that were made with us in mind all the hbcus and i hope that all the not just academic students but the athletic students follow them as well i mean the same thing that's who affirmative action is for clarence thomas he was smart but he ain't no genius smart you see what i'm saying like now that's who it may affect that type but how how do we i guess we got his gpa i mean I'm not saying, but I'm saying he's not that point. The the people I'm talking about that point zero zero one percent. I'm saying he's smart. He's that he's he's very smart, but he's not that genius level smart. Is what I'm talking about. I think he. I, I think okay. That's me. I, well, I, I, I this know. quote that Drina uh, sent was pretty um, funny. <laughs> Says now that affirmative action is dead, it'll be interesting to see how mediocre white people explain their failure to get into the their first choice college. I didn't get it. <laughs> when I read it, I was like, I don't get it. You don't get I that? Get I didn't get it. I ain't understand it. You don't understand what I just read? <laughs> I don't get it. I, that, that explains why you probably don't really understand this whole why affirmative action is going to really affect. Yeah, because I mean, I don't. <laughs> I gotta see it. Like I don't. I don't know. I'm one of those. I don't know what's going to change because I don't feel like we get the same fair shake that way anyway. So I don't. I don't know how affirmative action is like the Rooney Rule. All those different rules. Like we not getting the same looks 
anyway. So I don't I don't know how this taking that away. I don't so you're know. trying to say affirmative action didn't need to be implemented from in the first place. No, I'm saying we're not affirmative action does not make it to where we're getting the same looks. So Adrian, you are you are really confusing me right now. I guess okay. I, I get so Adrian, I think that you're saying it's, we're not getting the same looks. Now we're gonna get even less than those because nobody's making so nobody's even gonna there are no rules that they say that they have to say you even have to have if you're supposed to have 20 percent with affirmative action now well bill's son just graduated i know we have you know maria coming out with uh 4.0 but you know all these accolades but mm -hmm. bill's son really wants to come here and we don't have a quota to meet anymore so we're taking bill's son because he could give us money for the library i think that even though there wasn't a large amount of, of people you feel like there may not have been a large amount of people that will help there's still it's going to be even less now because they don't have anything to hold hold them accountable and it's not like they were saying oh you're getting in under affirmative action it's not like they was oh on your admission stand yep affirmative action you wouldn't know that you're getting in other than back in the day when it first was implemented when you know they're coming to specifically recruit you under affirmative action because it was new and they had to come and pick black people specifically now of course it's more modernized so you're not going to know you're getting picked because of affirmative action but now they don't have to pick black people they'll just pick the dumb white person because their parents got money and they're part of the heritage so now you get more legacy and, and, and leave the black people out of the all, all together even though they're smarter than the white person you're going to see a difference hopefully they go like dream said hopefully they go to the hbcu and we ain't even got to worry about that but for some reason a lot of black people want white acceptance so <laughs> they think going to ivy league school is better i don't know we shall see we'll see um did y'all check out juvenile's tiny desk performance i don't watch it at least three times <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to play it, but you know we get flagged and they shut our shit down. So I'm not here to play any parts of it. Man, I don't watch it that three times. I was like, I could not have been working at NPR that day. They would have called me. But we, I would have had to be talking to HR. They've been like, now listen. Now we showed up for the interview. <laughs> it was and so people, good. And you could tell people were like, I can't believe he didn't bleep out any of the lyrics. What? He wasn't going to do that. <laughs> He's juvenile. And he got Manny Fresh with him. Oh, right. he's going to tear it up. Man, that was so good. It was so good. It was good. It was cool. I, I watched it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. The nostalgia of it. You know, juvenile yeah. and Manny Fresh together uh, performing. So it, just, it felt good to just hear good music. Cause Lord knows what we hear now is like. But they be they have good artists, right? I mean, I can't lie. I only seen Usher and Juvenile, so on Tiny Disc, so I can't. Baby I can't face talk about it. Babyface was amazing. They got, some, they got some really good in uh, Tiny Disc. Um, oh, and oh, Eric about Eric about hers was awesome. Raphael Sadiq has a good one. Um, 
Tyler, the creator, has a good one. Jasmine Sullivan, she did one. Even mm -hmm. during COVID, like Kirk Franklin did one. They have like a, like a ton of them that are good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Now, what y'all think about um this cocaine they found in the White House? Supposed to arrest everybody in the house when they find drugs. That's what I thought. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's the White House. Oh, they're gonna go testing. You know it was cocaine. They don't take the they don't take drugs to the uh, lab to test when they knock at somebody's door. And then they said that more more than likely there wouldn't be an arrest. Um, so you like, I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's yeah. You know that boy's crazy. crazy. So that that and, and then you like, so you don't know who. Come on, that mm. the most freaking surveillance, most secure hmm. place, and you telling me y'all don't know. Hi, <laughs> ah, Hunter Biden. They're getting <laughs> like I okay, mm. okay, yeah, whatever. Mm. Child, the privilege of all. We a joke. The privilege of Put, uh, put Judge Matheson there. He can tell you who got it. He knows. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Listen, so I don't know if y'all familiar with the rapper Casanova, but he got sentenced to 15 years. And his girlfriend says she riding him 15 years out with him. First question is, as a man, Adrian, would you want your girl to ride them 15 out with you? Andrina, would you be doing some riding? Or would you want it? Nah. I'm just, I'm not even his wife, his girlfriend. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> when you go, when you go to jail, I might try to try to get you bonded out. When you go to, when they put the book out, bro, what? You know, ride with me for the, to see if I can get an appeal. You know, but but it looked like them 15 years is real. Like, ain't no appeals, ain't none of that coming out. I'm standing there at least 10 of these 15. Yeah, mm. don't do your thing. Mm. You know, hey, we happen to meet up, cool, but I only I don't expect you to sit here and wait on me. Like I that's more stress it seemed like because you worrying about what she doing. I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess if it's your wife is different, right? Because I mean, I guess also too, it depends on where he doing his time at which i don't right. know because you know you can still get visits, conjugal okay, visits, visits. Um, if, if they're married they, they ain't married yeah. oh <laughs> yeah i don't think they're married oh his girlfriend oh yeah oh she got know, you she know, got. They, be, they be making they be making exceptions sometimes they you ain't making they, <laughs> they be making exceptions Ooh, so but yeah, if, if, if yeah, nah, go on do your thing, man. It's you know, it. ride it out. See if I can get a, you know, <laughs> get an appeal. See if I'm gonna get up out of here. But yeah, after that, it looked like it's real. Nah, go do your thing. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get to the hot topic of the week, and I have a video. <laughs> oh lord! Outside of this shit, yeah. Kiki Palmer versus her baby daddy versus Usher versus her dress versus the whole metaverse. <laughs> Let's play the video. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody and their mama. 
terrible. You thought I wasn't gonna know that you came to the husband show? So apparently after that whole encounter with Usher, Kiki Palmer's baby's daddy, boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, has something to say about her dress. He said that dress though, you're a mother. That's all he said. And the internet went bananas. Kiki ain't said nothing back. Now they throwing subliminals. He doubled down with a whole video and... Uh, but the initial statement that he made sent the world on fire. Sent it on fire, child. What y'all say? Because I got a whole dissertation about this month. <laughs> well, I think first, why are you writing this on Twitter? Why are you writing this on Twitter? I can't say that he was in the house when she packed whatever she was going. I don't know what. No, but... no. You could you could have told me you could have said I don't like that outfit, but I'm going to Vegas and I'm seeing Usher. Listen, I don't know too many women are not gonna fall when when Usher get that close to them. I don't know, but I just hate that. I hate it for that man that it played out like this. You should have just texted that to her. You should not have posted this on the internet. You need to keep this in your household because now. Everybody and their mama and us is talking about um, you and what you didn't say on the internet. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't understand why you would post that. I really, especially the week before that, I believe they did a, a podcast together. Her mom heard him where she specifically, he asked her a specific question about if they got into it and about being public about it. She said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do stuff in public. She's a private person. She don't, if we got a problem, nobody won't know. But we're gonna handle that behind closed doors. For, so like that was a why would you even do it? Hold on. Uh, he talked shit about his girl to the world instead of to her directly, and that's not protect. Debbie, I'm glad you said that because my first point in my in my whole monologue was gonna be protect me at all times, not only when it's stroking your ego. If you're protecting me because you want to protect me about somebody might do something because what I'm wearing, protect my image, whatever it is you're protecting me from, but you don't want me to wear this dress. Protect me also from embarrassment. Tell me this shit on my, on my text message. Don't do that. Don't embarrass me. I'm a brand. I'm a mother. And I'm a lady. You supposed to be my covering? Call my phone. Don't do that. Don't try to embarrass me. And we we all know it wasn't nothing about that damn dress. He saw <laughs> that man was serenading that woman. And boy, his temperature. He at home feeding Leo. He mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> he is mad. <laughs> like, oh my God. But here's 
my thing, because a lot of people say that she was being disrespectful, how she was dancing with him. Kiki Palmer is always over the top. Actually, I got another video, but I ain't going to play it because before that happened, she was being so over the top on her live, even like doing the words with him, being theatrical. She was being so over the top. That's Kiki. Always been Kiki. Now, she would have turned around, popped, locked, dropped it all. I would have been like, all right, now, Kiki, now, shit. But I also think it looked like before she got there, her and Odarius had some kind of issue before they So It just looked like something happened before that. I don't know it to be true, but it just seemed like ain't no way this one little altercation blew up this much to where it would go this far where they unfollowed each other. They, that just seemed like over the top for that situation to be the only situation that just happened just that specific day. So, but um, uh, one thing that bothered me the most about this whole situation had nothing to do with them two. It had everything to do with these fake outrage niggas that be in my DM. <laughs> All of a sudden, y'all offended by ass cheeks now? All of a sudden, where y'all hold some wives at? I'm like, oh, now we offended. Because a woman went outside with her booty showing. Really? And now I had one guy say, oh, a hoe, a hoe gonna be a hoe. Now she a hoe. I'm like, what? Because she, she had on a see-through. Oh, okay. Uh, another guy saying, this is why y'all women can't, this is why our culture is the way it is. Um, that's why y'all ain't gonna never be wives. I mean, all everything you could think of, they said to demean and degrade women because of a dress. And I will say to you, if you feel like your wife shouldn't wear a dress like that, don't marry a wife that want to dress like that. Same goes for any other thing you don't agree with. Don't do it. If you don't agree with abortion, don't get abortion. If you don't agree with Christianity, don't be a Christian. Like, it's real simple. But to paint this broad brush that every woman is the same because they do something is crazy to me. Y'all going to miss some blessings thinking that because she got on a long skirt, she going to save the culture. Y'all going to miss it. <laughs> Like I did, I challenged everybody. I, I was on the thread and I challenged everybody on that thread that had something to say about her having her ass out. And I challenged them. If y'all think that being a bad role model equals having my ass cheeks out, please help me save the universe and donate to my back to school badge. Because I don't want to be a bad role model while I'm giving back to the community if I might just so happen to have my ass out one day. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, just saying, like, it's crazy to me. But that's all I got. Adrian, what do you think? No, you go. I said what I thought. I just I thought that he should. He it was a time and a place for him to say what he how he felt, and the internet clearly wasn't it. And I don't know how old he is. I I, I don't even know. She's twenty nine, so. Yeah, I don't know how old he is. I don't know if he was in his feelings. I mean, I guess he got in his feelings and brought it to the internet, but I feel like that was the wrong thing to do. Usher, I mean, Adrian, you got a question up here. He didn't want his woman on Usher. Would you want your woman on Usher on him like that, Adrian? I think no. I, I think the the real issue for you know, quote unquote, men is that what she had on, and they was you know he embraced or whatever. I don't. I, first off, Debbie ain't going nowhere dressed like that without me. So that's that's first off. <laughs> she's, not, she's not going out of the house dressed like that without me. Like that's just not gonna happen. So mm -hmm. that's one. 
Um, two, I don't, I don't really think I, when I seen it, I didn't look at it like, oh my god, this is so crazy. I think it was just because her cheeks was out that people really had an issue. I think if she, her cheeks weren't out, I don't even think people would really even say anything about it. Um, personally, because it wasn't like he touched her butt or breast, like he was just singing to her. Like I didn't think it was that big of a deal, you know. She got a kick out of it. Her friends got a kick out of it. You know, that's something memorable. He's an artist. It's not like you probably going to see him again. Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't be like, Every, I can't believe you. Like, I'm so mad, you know, woo, woo, woo. And that'd be crazy. <laughs> and I don't think anybody would say anything if the boyfriend didn't say nothing. If he yeah, wanted to say that, nobody yeah. would say anything. But I feel like, you know, people were probably on a lower level. People was probably taking digs at him. So he felt like oh, yeah. he needed to say something, which then made it go crazy. Right. Oh, made it go viral. And now you getting all the smoke that you put yeah. out there, bro. You should have kept your mouth shut and just been like had a conversation with her or whatever the case may have been. Right. But he put it out there saying you a mom, all that. What they got to do with it? Like you, <laughs> you should have been. First off, I would have been like, yep. That's my girl. She enjoyed her time. And what? Even if I was a Leo girl. Leo gave that. My son did that. Like this again, I would not have put that energy out on the internet to even show that there was a divide between the two of us. Like, because now people are trolls. They coming for you, which we see what it's been going on for over a week now. People been hammering it. So now I would have never. Even if I felt that way, ain't no way I would have put that out. That's my boo. Yep, she enjoyed her time and she came home to me and what? Yeah. And I and, and I hate the fact that people think that women are like um uh encouraging her to leave him. And it might be some because that may be some type of toxic masculinity that they seen in their relationship. I don't ever project, I don't ever want anybody to leave a man. Oh, that's basic. I think that's just basic, and you can fix that. That ain't nothing, that ain't that serious. Yeah. Like y'all can fix that. Social media blew it up and it, it shouldn't have been that big. But like they like, oh, now she's gonna be a single mom. Now she Kiki's Palmer will like she will be a woman with a child. <laughs> like she her struggling and what y'all think in y'all life is not like she's a celebrity, she is an entertainer. What she did that night is what entertainers do. She can actually sing, like she sang with him. It was a whole thing. It could have even be it could have even been already set up that way, that it was gonna happen like that. She wore it because she knew she was gonna perform with him. That could have been a thing too, but like I said. Leota's daddy blew it out of proportion. Because why? He's not a celebrity. Celebrities don't understand celebrity life. It's it's not easy. Some stuff be prefabricated. And then you're like, oh, shit, I won't even in on that. Because, I mean, because think about it like when Destiny's Child did cater to you, like mm -hmm. pretty much everybody was in a relationship who, you know, they was on, you know, because at the time Nelly was with Ashanti. Mm -hmm. Um uh what's his face was married um oh, she was Beyonce was married um and then who was Michelle Magic Johnson was married, yeah. was married. like That's everybody what entertainers do so it you're right it wasn't like nobody looked at it like oh my god you know what I mean so I don't know how Usher is in a relationship right he in a relationship just had back to back babies back to back so it's just it's it's just that's a part of his show. That's what he does. Like, yeah, well, I mean, entertainers I are going to entertain. That's what they did do. 
Did y'all see the auntie trying to put it on him <laughs> a few nights no. ago at the show? <laughs> no. No. But now it's like a whole thing. Oh, Usher trying to steal your girl. Uh, I'm like, he's been doing this since he started their residency. And now it's just this big thing now. Yep. Also, I don't know. But um, I just want people to stop. I, I want one thing to be clear. Don't nobody own nobody. So if you want to wear something, wear it. If, if you and your husband or whoever didn't have that discussion, that's y'all got to figure that out. That's like that's a relationship thing. It's not no one size fits all thing at all with that. Like when I when I'm with my man, I take a picture. If we're not going together. You think this good? Am I cool with this on? You good? Good. Okay, cool. But that's our thing. That may not be somebody else's thing. Like people got to stop thinking that because it worked for their relationship, it, it don't work for somebody else. Like it's not. That's not how this thing goes. So do what you do. You know, be happy. Live for yourself. Don't let nobody put you in no box, though. But go, Kiki. Go, Kiki. Go, Kiki. I'm a mother. I'm a Bobby a T-shirt, too. <laughs> All right, icebreaker time, because we got a panel that's coming on here in a minute. We're going to do two of the icebreakers, and we're going to go to our mentorship panel. All right. Since Adrian is the freaking cologne connoisseur, what's, what actual uh, cologne stinks? Like, what, what do you want to stink? Perfume or cologne stinks? To me, the only ones that I think, when I thought about ones that stink, is like. Um, so, I'm sorry, I had to put this up. Debbie is crazy. <laughs> Adrian, your wife is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, when I try to think of perfumes or colognes that stink, it just made me think about ones, I guess, that people I know around me have worn. <laughs> <laughs> now my kid's dad he used to wear pie i used to love it now mm -hmm. if i smell it it makes me want to vomit and i don't know if that's just for him what is it pie. pie who was that by um i never heard of that it was like a sweet smell but um stuff that stink i can just start naming them brute you you wow. name them adrian because i know brute. you know yeah. all of them I hate fucking white diamond, red door, all them old lady perfumes. Right, all of those. Isimiyaki. Uh, I know some people like it. Trash. Uh, Armani. Trash. Uh, Fahrenheit. Trash. Oh God, I hate the smell of Fahrenheit. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm you know, because we can we can easily go down the line where they you know stuff they sell at Walmart, right? Like, no, I'm going around stuff that's in the mall that they sell trash. He said pie was a great fragrance. It was at one time, Philip, but now I hate it. <laughs> that's just her baby daddy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to smell it. I it was by um Givenchy. That's who it was by. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, we're going to go to the next uh, icebreaker. Uh, what is the goat dessert? Like, What's the greatest of all time dessert? Ice cream. Um, key lime cake. Ugh, baby, not, what? Not pie, cake. Not pie, cake. I ain't never heard of that, did it? 
I don't like Key Lime Pie at all. Key I ain't never heard of that. Off the chain, yeah. Off the chain. If you got a uh, bonefish grill around you, they got a good one. Is that like a northern thing? No, I I, I got it in Alabama for the first time. This guy I used to work with used to make them. He used to make cakes. And I was like, I need to try that. Yeah. I'm good. It's crazy with it. Oh, he said hey, you sound you. crazy with the Issey Man, I wore that when I was 18. Trash. <laughs> Baked banana pudding. Strawberry shortcake. Strawberry shortcake? What? Oh, yeah. 7-Up cake. I like 7-Up cake. But it got to be homemade. My grandma made I, cakes from scratch. I said ice cream because it's basically a flavor of just a million flavors. Oh, pineapple upside down. I hate pineapple upside down. Because my grandma made it so much. I hate that cake. Peach cobbler and banana pudding when I ate desserts. Peach like cobbler, you gotta know what you're doing. You well, gotta yeah. know what you're doing. Everybody I can like eat. it. I like I like it heavy crust. Like yeah, oh yeah, with ice cream. Mm -hmm. I love um pecan pie. Ew, I hate pecans. What? I, you gotta remember, Didi ain't from the south. Sean. I hate my grandma is. She raised me. She's from way in the south, Mullen, South Carolina. Is that the south though? It's different though. Oh, yeah, you ever been there with the tobacco fields? It's, it's south, but it's like a like when when you think of the south, you think of what Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. Like I think I think of the Carolinas, but I feel like y'all had a. It's like a level of south. It's it's the yeah. south, but it's like you, you must have never been to Mullen, South Carolina. That's why you asking that question. It's, it's <laughs> levels to the south. So is that like part of the coastal Carolinas or like the more country part Carolinas? Very, 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 very country. You never heard of it, so you already know. Very country. <laughs> oh, it's country. Oh, it's country. I ain't saying yeah. that. It's country. It's the South, believe me. It is the South. What is this? 350? What's that? With, I have no clue. Oh, yeah, that's busting. That's busting. What is oh, that, Angel? Yeah. <laughs> you said the dirty, dirty South, right, Jen? It is definitely South. I've never heard of 350 oven cookies. Me either. Adrian, what's your dessert? Um, I mean, I love oven baked cookies um, with ice cream on top. That's like definitely my go through go to. I like uh I like pies and ice cream. So I like peach cobbler, I like apple pie, <laughs> ice cream, I like pecan pie. Everything gotta be hot though. You know what I'm saying? Brookies? Pineapple, coconut. Well, oh, I like brookies too. Yeah, those are good. Brownies and together. Who? Brownies, Brownies and chocolate chip cookies baked together. Tanisha, you know black folks mm. bake everything on 350. At least we do. <laughs> At least I do. There is the South and there is the Deep South. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, but I think here is more like a, like a coastal because it's more like a Cajun and southern like mixture of stuff but, yeah. i like brownies and with ice cream on top everything <clears> gotta <throat> be hot though like i like hot desserts with ice cream on it like you know what i'm saying there's a there's a black owned ice cream brand and she only makes um like southern not southern but like desserts like they have pecan pie peach cobbler banana pudding like those are all the flavors, like red velvet. Cake. <laughs> is our safe space. 
Right. It is. I cook everything on 350. <laughs> That's crazy because I cook everything on 400. Really? Mm -hmm. Listen, I put the same five seasons in it. Except for my chocolate chip cookies, of course. I ain't never All right, y'all ready to uh homemade? Hold on, homemade good old fashioned peanut butter cookie and ice cream. Oh, I ain't had a peanut butter cookie in forever. Mm -hmm. They come out warm out the oven. Yes, we did. All right, y'all, we about to get to our main topics, and I will let Adrian take over. Uh, and introduce our panel for the night. We have a panel. Yes, men's. We, do. Men's. we got some men's coming the men's? <laughs> all right let's start it off then because everybody here we good uh -huh. all right so first person i want to introduce um i actually been knowing him for a little bit but i actually met him actually met him mentoring so um rob is a businessman philanthropist musician podcast husband father that loves technology over the past 20 years, he has had the pleasure of serving in leadership roles for various sectors from corporate to nonprofit. He has experience in marketing, promotions, public sector, public speaking, business development, and business automation. With over 30K followers on LinkedIn and a strong understanding of social media, social selling, and content strategy, Rob has helped us bring awareness to the RPA industry. I want to welcome Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. Welcome. What's going on, brother? So I met Rob before he introduces himself, give his little two cents. Mentoring the manhood. I met Rob. That was probably what? Probably about 10, 11 years ago, I want to say, um, that I met you through that program, which is a great, was a great, solid program, um, helping young men become, you know, men. And so we mentor them, take them through different classes, help them out with their homework, all types of different things. So that's exactly how I met Rob. And so I was like, Rob would be great for this panel to come in and bless us with this presence and talk about the things that we want to talk about today. So without further ado, I'm going to let Rob, you know, introduce himself a little bit and talk for a second. Yes. Oh, you muted, Rob. You're on mute. You well, you go. What's up, everybody? Hi. Yes. Great to be here, man. Great conversation. A lot of good topics you guys are talking about keeping people up to date of what's going on, you know, and, you know, that's kind of what my, you know, Adrian, it was about 10 years ago. So because Mentoring the Manhood was 2009. I was executive director in mm -hmm. 2010. And so, yeah, that's, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And, you know, when you, when you asked me to come on and talk about, you know, the power of mentoring, there, this, this conversation could go on forever. Like this could be an endless dialogue about the benefits of mentoring. And that's kind of what I've been doing my whole life, really. And in some kind of way, shape or form, being a mentor or coach, you know, to some degree, whether it's in the space of health and wellness, whether it's business, whether it's our youth, which I, I'm inspired the most about, you know, also health as well. You know, it's one, one billion healthy, this concept here. You know, I, I think of the idea for me and my initiative is, if you get one billion people healthy and on on the same accord, if they tell one other person, how many is that? You know, I just do the math. You know, I keep everything simple. <laughs> so, but you know, my, my my entire life really has been about just inspiring people in the areas that you know 
uh, that particular time that I'm studying, whether it was Christianity, spirituality, and religion, and touring the world and sharing the gospel, or whether it's whether it was helping kids find themselves and develop themselves into you know strong individuals, or helping companies you know stop doing redundant tasks and and kill themselves with, by doing repetitive actions and freeing up some time and saving them money so they can stay in business. You know, that's all that it all works. Helping people just understand a little bit more about what they're trying to do. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. All right. Welcome. Welcome. So let me introduce my other guy, man. This is crazy. I've been knowing this guy who well over 15 years might be more, might be close to 20 at this point. Real talk, but uh, Christopher Sanders, also known as Coach Bam, is a remarkable individual dedicated to transforming lives through mentorship, coaching, motivational speaking, and his love for basketball. As a highly respected head youth football coach, he leads by example, inspiring young minds with his exceptional leadership skills. Coach Bam's dedication extends beyond coaching, as he is a devoted husband and a father who embodies the values of family and community. With a solid foundation built on his 12 years of military service, he brings a disciplined approach to his work, drawn from his life experience and spiritual beliefs. Through his nonprofit organization, Black Youth Sports Inc., Coach Bam extends his impact to the community. This organization offers a range of services, including basketball workouts, camps, educational opportunities, mentorship programs, and self-esteem accountability. Recognizing the universal needs for motivation and support. My guy, my guy, Chris Sanders, man. What's up, bro? What's going on? What's happening? What's going what's on, y'all? What's, what's, what's up? What's up? Hey man, I, I gotta get back out the gotta get back out to LA, man. I gotta get back out there and, and then hang with you for a few. Man, you gotta get out here. Some great things going on right now. Uh, I'm I'm coming. I'm coming, man. I'm, I'm definitely coming again. We had a good time when I was out there last time. Yeah, yeah. You blessed me with them boxing tickets, man, for sure. <laughs> Major love. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. But yeah, go on and tell them a little bit about yourself. Like I said, man, I've been knowing Chris, yeah, probably closer to 20 years. I said 15, but now I'm doing the math. It was probably about 2003, 2004 when we met. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah go way back. Yeah. Go way back. Yes, yes sir. sir. Uh, yeah, but thank y'all for inviting me uh, for show for the opportunity for inviting me on y'all platform. Um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity again. Um, I've been doing um, coaching. I mean, since I was in the military, um, coaching the youth. Um, I'm now married with five kids, so I mean, I got a lot going on. Four sons, one daughter, so and they all do sports. So um, right now we're in LA. Um, I'm partnered with Snoop Youth Football League. Everybody knows Snoop, right? The rapper, Snoop Dogg. So we partnered with him. Um, I'm coaching two teams in this league this year. So I got the six-year-olds um, and the twelve-year-olds. So it's it's a it's a big deal though. You think six, you think like, but it's 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 sports is another level now with the training, with everything they got these kids doing. They're giving out NIL deals at early as like nine-year-olds. So uh, it's real serious. They just Snoop just got a nine-year-old NIL deal. So six figures already. So it's a big deal, big market. Um, we're partnering with a lot of big-time people. Uh, I just moved back to. LA from Atlanta. So I was in Atlanta the last three years doing COVID. Been back in LA now about three months. And uh, we back on the ground running, working. Okay. Okay. Before well, you introduce the last person, um, Rob, they have a question for you. Are you single? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nope. 
Nope. I'm uh I'm locked I'm locked into the soul. <laughs> <laughs> good answer, good answer. It's a good answer right there. <laughs> Fair question. Brina, you gonna introduce your guest? Yes, I will. So next, um I've been knowing this guy for like 25 years, <laughs> like 990, 2000. It's crazy. Um, Mr. Right. Mr. Avery Taylor, he was born and raised in Gulfport, Mississippi. I kind of think him and Adrian might be cousins, but I don't know. Anyway, we'll figure that out one day. <laughs> his wife is Bianca Taylor, and together they have three children. Avery, uh, his occupation is General Lines Insurance, and he's a self-employed bail bonding agent. Outside of work, he's the co-founder and president of the nonprofit organization Gulf Coast Outreach and Leadership. I serve on the board with him. Um, it's a program that focuses on youth development, senior, uh, senior citizens care and health. Avery um, has a bad educational background. He has a bachelor's degree in business and administration, an MBA in marketing, and MS in organizational leadership. Through the years, his drive has always been to create an opportunity that has a major impact on the community and a lasting effect on our youth. Along the Gulf Coast area, with the help of other advisors, his mission is to strengthen, collaborate, and expose the youth to a wealth of knowledge because knowledge is power. He believes it is his responsibility to lead by example and show these young males a better way of life through his character, conversation, and conduct. Abel recently published his first book, Empowering Black Youth Through Mentoring, his hobbies are spending time with family, traveling, and watching sports. Welcome, Abra. Yeah, welcome, Abra. Hey, what's up? Thank y'all for having me. What's yeah. going on? Uh, not much. Hey, hey. Uh, first and foremost, hey, it's nice to finally meet Adrian. Uh, a lot of people always ask me, "Are we brothers?" I was like, "Man, I, I never." personally met him. I've heard of his name, but I, I never even met the dude. You know what I mean? But so it's nice to meet you, my brother. <laughs> nice to meet. You got brothers and sisters. Who is your brother, sister? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I do. I'm 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 the youngest of uh six. Uh so my oldest brother is uh Jason Taylor and uh my other brother Derek Taylor, Kenia Taylor. Got a sister oh, yeah. named like Keisha Taylor. But yeah, yeah. you know what's fun what's funny is I mean we're we're on I don't even think we're we're not related to any Taylors uh here on the coast. Okay. So, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, I know, I know your siblings, so. <laughs> but um, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I definitely. I graduated with your sister, so. Oh, you did, Takisha yeah. Taylor. Yep. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, one, right? Yeah, oh, one. That's what's up. So yeah, I know your sister, and then Derek. Yeah, I remember Derek, and uh, I don't know your oldest brother, but yeah, Derek, Pernice, yeah, I know them too. Okay. Cool, yeah. cool. Small world, small world. Yeah. Avery, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Journey, you did an awesome job. Thank you so much. For <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, just a little bit about myself. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm from here, Gulfport, Mississippi, uh, born and raised, uh, married, uh, three kids. We have two sons and a daughter, uh, kind of like Coach Brown. Uh, all three of my kids are active and into something. Um, I coach my middle son in football, basketball. He also plays baseball. Um, I'm just a spectator uh, when it comes to that. I, I I actually like being just a parent in the in the stands, but you know what I mean. But um, you know, when it comes to football, I do coach them in football and basketball. Um, my daughter, she's into she's in gymnastics and she's piano. Um, freaking um, 
cheerleader. And then my oldest son, he's actually in the band and also does uh, powerlifting. He actually got third place in the entire state for powerlifting in his weight class. So, um, you know, but so I, I, I work very hard for my, you know, I'm, I'm a huge component as it relates to um, action. You know what I mean? And so it also goes also with being in the community. I've always been a huge advocate of being in the community, uh, especially when it comes to these youth, uh, because at the end of the day, man, the youth, that's our future. And so uh, they need that that proper guidance and right guidance um, as it relates to uh, mentoring. And um, so, yeah, so I've been doing this for um, so we started our nonprofit back in 2015. Uh, so I'm the co-founder and also the president for Gulf Coast Outreach and Leadership. Um, and, you know, it, it, it all came about from just, um, I know, you know, me leaving high school, I ran into some things and bumped my head and, you know, got in trouble. I actually got kicked out of school my freshman year of college, got kicked out. Um, so I sat out for about two years before I actually went back. And so during that time, you know, it was a time where basically, man, me just maturing. And so uh, during that time, you know, and I, I, you know, I was blessed to kind of basically get a second chance at basically doing everything right. And from there, it was all about, um, you know, paying it forward uh, because the environment I grew up in, I, I grew up in a great household. My dad is a pastor. Uh, so I grew up in a church, grew up in a great household, but we lived in the hood. So being in the hood, you know, I was exposed to a lot of different things that I wasn't being taught in the house. So it was a totally different. And so uh, the things that, that was outside of my home are some of the issues that I actually ran into that got me in trouble when I was in college. So as time went on, when I did get in trouble, um, you know, I got a chance to do things right. And I was like, man, I want to I want a mentoring program. But I, I didn't know how to go about doing it. I was like, man, I don't have the resources. I don't know what resources I need. And so from there, I just kind of just start writing things down and then. Um, and then I came up with the idea. I was talking to my brother. I was like, man, I think I'm gonna do a youth summit. Um, I put together a youth summit, um, at my dad's church. Um, we had a great turnout and this, the, the, the people that I actually had on my panel was the same people. Uh, a couple of them, we actually grew up together, uh, same neighborhood, went off to do, uh, be successful in their own areas as well. And then after the event was over with, we got together and we was like, man, we need to make this a permanent thing. And so, um, so since 2015, man, we've been on the ground running and um, working, you know, saying helping the youth. And and so, um, and you know, just being a pillar in the community all together, you know what I mean? Because we also, we have the mentoring program. We also do uh, the senior citizen scare. We actually did, when we first kicked that off, we did a free pancake breakfast for the senior citizens. And then uh, we also do a, a health and wellness. And we also got another sector that we're working on uh, called men of distinct, distinction. Uh, so that's still in the works, but. Yeah, so I'm I'm just I'm all about the community, man. Uh that's 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 me all in a nutshell. Just, you know, being a part of the community and being in the community and actually, you know, having hands on in the community showing that with action. Love to share my experience during the whole campaign. Okay, y'all got somebody interested in um getting involved in your youth summits. That's cool. Well, we will start with our first question for the panel. Why do you guys think it's so hard to find mentors? Let's see who won't go first. Uh, I'll go first. 
Um, I, I, I think it's hard to find mentors because I think it's a trust factor there. I think a lot of kids, um, especially in the neighborhoods that I'm working in now, South Central, Compton, Watts, you know, Inglewood, a lot of those areas, uh, you know, and, you know, they have a lot of gang activity. So a lot of them, you know, have problems trusting, you know, they, they have problems trusting. Uh, they have a lot of fathers missing out of their uh, lives. A lot of guys, uh, a lot of my kids on my team. I got one kid that got over 40 years in prison. You know, you know what I mean? He like six, seven years old. You see what I'm saying? Some of them have 20, 30 years and they kids and they looking for guidance. So it's just finding that trust factor. I think that's what mainly it is. Yeah. It's, it, it's trust. It's also, you know, in regards to the availability, we need more mentors to step up. We need more. We, we need to pop to be thicker, you know, and we, we notice when, the opportunity is, is available. It always changes the circumstance by a certain percentage, you know, always. But it's about getting the heads. And, you know, I, I will say I feel like we're moving in that direction. I do see more of these conversations happening, more of these initiatives starting. You know, mentoring has been going on for a while, but now with the Internet and, and this interconnection that we have and our ability to communicate at rapid speed, I, I do see it building more. So it, it is hard, but I do see, you know, those areas, you know, increasing over time. Um, I, 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 I kind of piggyback off what he was saying. Um, I, I definitely think it's uh, one of those issues with mentor mentors actually stepping up. Um, you know, as Drina mentioned, I, I published a book, uh, Mentoring Black Youth Through Mentor, uh, Empowering Black Youth Through Mentoring. Like my whole purpose of actually writing that book is more so encouraging uh, more of us to step up to be mentors uh, and that was one of the one of the reasons why I did write that book um, and you know it's a, a, a few chapters that actually talk a lot about that um, secondly I also think um, it's a lot of distraction uh, for the youth you know to actually want a mentor because sometimes you know when when you know better you do better you know what I mean and and most you know as a youth you don't know uh, you ain't coming up thinking about Dang, I think I need a mentor. That ain't really something that's just on the top of your mind as as a youth. You know what I mean? And until it's um, you know, it's it's more so um us as you know that have already experienced life, we gotta be the one to kind of uh be able to grab them by the hand and be like, man, let me just take you under my wing, kind of thing. And then that's when the whole trust factor actually comes in, as as coach was saying, um, you know, from that point. But you know, but like right now, the kids, I mean, there's so many distractions that they have, you know, they're not thinking about a mentor. And then in some cases, you know, a lot of things that I run into here a lot of times, you know, sometimes, you know, they think they too cool to even uh, uh, have a mentor, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't understand the importance of it at the, at the current moment, you know, at their age, you know what I mean? Of course, you know, once you're about, you know, 20 plus, you know, 25 plus, then you understand the importance of having a mentor. But you know, teens, they don't understand the real importance of it. And so they're not just looking for a mentor. That's why it's our job to kind of reach out to them um, to kind of take them on our wings and, you know, tell them right from wrong kind of thing. And then they have to feel that embrace, you know, and then want 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 that mentorship. Mm -hmm. Teens got to figure it out before they got it figured out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember. Part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, Drina, y'all want to chime in or you want me to go to the next question? 
I mean, it is hard. We know it's hard um, finding a mentor. And I'll, you know, definitely speak from the standpoint of, you know, growing up, like that was something that I didn't really have. So, you know, trying to find or even wanting it or seeking it was extremely hard as well, too, um, because we whether people say it or not, they want mentorship. They want to be led. You want to be able to follow someone that has been there, done that. Right. But also what we find is, you know, it might go the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? You you might sing mentorship, but it's on the wrong side of the track and it, it kind of, you know, devastates you or have you going down the wrong path. But it's critical, but it, it, it's hard to find because people typically just don't show themselves like, hey, let me let me let me mentor you. A lot of times us as old heads sometimes, you know, and I use that term because, you know, we, we sit in the barbershop, right? And we sitting there talking about what kids should be doing or how they should do things. And back in our day, we did X, Y, and Z instead of like, yo, let me, young fella, let me talk to you. Let me, let me help you out. Let me, let me give you the game. Um, so it kind of goes both ways. Some kids too cool, but at the same time, we want to chastise instead of help get them to the next level. And we have to look at it different. We the OGs now, you know, so we have to make sure that we change our mentality and know that they watching us. Um, I think a part of it is you hear people talk about it all the time. It's no longer, you know, with the community you used to grow up in, like that was your village or like whether it was your church family or going your street. And now if you, if somebody's child is running across the road and not looking both ways, if you say something, yeah, mama mm -hmm. probably come out the house and cuss you out. Like, don't be talking to my kids like that. So for me, mm -hmm. it's like, I never want to overstep that boundary even if i feel like i know what's right you know for that child i don't want to overstep that boundary and put them in a position on myself where now i'm beefing with their mama because i've told them you know to do something i feel like the right way so i think that a, a lot of people feel that way they don't want to push back or they don't want to deal with those type of personalities you know because a lot of people they may be okay with it at first but as soon as you tell their child something that they don't agree with, like it's a problem. So I think a lot of people face that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I I agree with um the whole sentiment about kids just thinking they know everything. So it's kind of hard to latch on to a kid that may be willing to accept mentorship too. So a lot of time those things are found in like uh, coaching programs when you're playing a sport or something that's already organized. So it's easier to latch onto a kid that's already doing good. It's harder to find or latch onto the kid that probably really needs a mentor because they're out, you know, doing other things. You're not gonna really come into contact with that that type of kid. Um, and I know when I was growing up, like it was easy for me to have a mentor because I was like the, the child prodigy when it came to track. So everybody wanted to mentor me because they saw the potential. That's easy to, you know, get that kid, but all the other kids that may have been missing school, skipping school, or not getting the things they needed at home, what was the chance of somebody going to grab that kid and, you know, trying to lead them in the right direction? Those are the kids that really need the mentors, but, you know, getting a hold of them is kind of hard. So I don't really know what the fix for that is. I don't know. Yeah, no, that, that was good. I think I think um, one of the good things you said was talking about the kids that are really good. You're right. A lot of people kind of gravitate to them. But I can always tell my coaches on my staff, like it's the guy at the end of the bench you got to pay attention to. The kid that, you know, that nobody thinks he's that good. You know, those are the ones you need to pay attention to. That's the one that's probably going to, you know, he's going to stray because sports may not be his thing. 
right? So those are the guys why you had those uh, morale building activities where you have everybody come together or may have, you know, what we use that, you know, for us that was in the military, like, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if you're the best guy, you need to go back and get that guy over there that may not be paying attention. Maybe you need to tell him, you know, right from wrong, bring him over here, be a leader in, in that sense, you know? And I think um, another thing is kids uh, tend to trust you more when you share a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you look like, you know, you're holier than now, that they, they, they ain't messing with you. You know what I'm saying? You ain't cussing. You ain't, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. Like you, you don't do nothing. Yep. So kids tend to like not gravitate to those kind of people. You know, they, yep. they, they, they tell me all the time, those kind of people are like phony to them. So they don't even, you know, they don't gravitate to them. So you got to share your story a little bit of what you've been through. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I think that allows them to trust you a little bit more and gain a little bit more trust in you. And, you know, you can kind of guide them in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, cause I think a lot of times we, like Adrian said, like we'll push that whole narrative of how we were how we used to be, what we used to do. And it makes them feel inferior. Like they're not good enough. Like they're not doing things the right way. Like we had all the answers back then, knowing good and well, we ain't know nothing. So. Ain't know nothing. Yeah. Right. We trying to figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? But I yep. think that's part of the issue. You know what I'm saying? We forget where we came from. We forget mm-hmm. that we didn't know nothing either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The kids need to see that vulnerability. And when yeah. you show it to them, it, it's not going to hurt you. You know what I mean? But we we sometimes we lose sight of that. Like, we want to look perfect to them. Mm. We ain't perfect. They don't want you perfect because that's going to, you know what I'm saying? It's just like a church yeah. person, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that's put that facade up. Like, no, right. they want to know the real person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's one of the things, like, myself and, you know, my other advisors, that's one of the things that we made sure that we, you know, definitely – uh do is you know we we tell them you know i'm talking about we we get down and dirty with them you know what i mean in terms of like where we've been and where we came from kind of thing you know what i mean because you know at the end of the day you know kids kids can only receive what they're given you know what i'm saying and so if if you're not willing to really uh open yourself up you know what i mean you know they and they can't relate to you you know what i mean because you know some kids they want to know if you can relate to to them just as well and so if they feel like you can't relate, it's like, nah, man, I, there ain't no point of me even talking to you or even, you know, so, you know, and I, I tell my guys all the time, man, learn from other people's mistakes because you can't make them all yourself, which mm-hmm. is why I tell them the things that you, when I got in trouble and all of those kind of things. And so, um, you know, learn from my mistakes if you don't learn from nobody else. You know what I mean? So, yeah. People don't, people, people don't care how much you know. Until they know yep. how you care. That's a real fact. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That is true. You know? mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to move on to our next question for you guys. What do you see missing in the young people growing up right now? What's missing? Oh, attention. <laughs> you know, we 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 run it out so fast. ADD, ADHD, get this pill, pop that. How about focus for a second? Mm-hmm. Hello? You know, you know, it's really well. We know that there was an agenda behind that whole thing, anyway. But the point is this: the it's attention, and we are in the age, this part of the 21st century, where we are at the height of the most distractions ever, at least for this civilization, ever. Like, and so, what's missing is attention, focus, and that's why. It's hard for them to focus on things because they're they're constantly practicing distraction. See, whatever you practice, you get good at. 
Mm-hmm. I know you. Mm-hmm. I know you practicing track. I know in order for you to be elite, I know you put time in. And so that time you put in, it proved in the essence and the fruit. You got it. What mm-hmm. these kids do, they practice flipping and thrashing. And so they're practicing not being able to focus, so they can't. So they can't do anything that takes their attention to be consistent. So what, what do we do about that? I mean, what, what what do we actually do about that? I have some ideas, but you asked the question, so that <laughs> there's the issue. One of the quick solutions, and I'll pass it. One of the quick solutions is for this thing to be understood about the dopamine and the effects and just talking to your children, talking to the youth about it. Look, have fun on your TikTok or snap or chat how you want. But understand how this dopamine is affecting your brain and how long term, like, sit down, let show them statistics, like, educate them a lot. You'd be amazed a lot of times people, when they become aware of something, how it shifts their paradigm just by the level of awareness. Like, I was showing my, my little daughter, she's 10. We were watching this video about dopamine and the dopamine drops and how it's similar to, you know, uh, uh, addicts. Mm-hmm. Literally has the same kind of effect. And she was like, wow, like, it actually, she still got on TikTok later, but, you know, <laughs> she, you know, she paused, like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, dang, that, you know, I know how that works, though, because I remember I flashed back, like, oh, sees that some folks dropped to me at an early age. Later on, I'm like, oh, so it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it, distraction, attention, you know, we, we, we got to get the attention back. Yeah, microwave a society, right? I mean, that's kind of if it's if there's no immediate gratification in what Ah. you're doing, yeah, it's it's tough. They don't have that. Ah. Ah. Yeah, and and I'll give you an example real quick, right? We're teaching my oldest son because you know he starts kindergarten. He don't know how to tie a shoe, and so we're teaching him how to tie shoes. You know, I remember wanting to know how to tie my shoes, like. I didn't want people tying tie my shoes at that age. So and it's, with him, it's kind of like he's not getting it right away, right? Because this isn't something that he's tried. So it frustrates him. And it's like, all right, I'm good. Let's do something else. Nah, you finna learn this. You, you got to get this together. Like, you got to learn this. But what I find is with him, when things don't immediately come to him, he over it and he want to do something else. And that's like, that's the board. If it comes quick, let's do it. Let's 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 play whatever it is, even with sports, whatever. It comes quick, I'm ready. But when yeah. it's when it's a little bit of work, mm-hmm. eh, yeah. I really want to do that. No, you gonna do it. Yep. <laughs> you gonna do it. <laughs> and it's not even the kids, it's this whole era of people. Right. Yep. Everybody is that way. You know, I'm a fitness coach. So, oh my god, I didn't see no results yet. You've been fat for 50 years. <laughs> Give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, <lady>. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I um I, I definitely think um I agree I agree with y'all. I think uh, one thing is physical activity. Um mm-hmm. and that's one thing as a coach I see, you know, childhood obesity is like running rampant too. I mean, America alone is, is obese, but childhood obesity, I mean I got kids on my six-year-old team over 100 pounds you see what i'm saying oh yeah oh yeah i mean and i and, 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 I, and in our mind it, it's good but at the same time you know what i'm saying at the same time we want to teach them to be in shape to do the things they got to do you see what i'm saying yeah. so 
at the end of the day, we want to make sure that this, these physical activities that we're providing for them is helping them with getting themselves together physically and mentally for life. So I think that's a big thing, getting everybody active and getting outside, including the adults, because I'm guilty sometimes. I mean, I, I probably spend too much time in the house, on my phone, doing certain things. I think we all have been there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I agree with what everybody is saying as well. Um, I, and I think another piece to this, you know, what young people are missing growing up, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's cliche to say, but, you know, they're missing that village. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I, I can remember like me growing up, you know what I mean? Like my growing up is so different than how the kids are today. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, prime example, e even as it relates to, um, parenting you know as, as a parent um if your parents are talking or they're on the phone or they having a conversation you can't be in that conversation you can't be nowhere near that conversation you don't even know what they're talking about you know what i mean go another room or whatever the case may be yeah um you know nowadays it's different you know and so like you know the kids they in the conversation they can even chime in in these grown folks conversation and so and, and and then and then, and then it goes back to it, it and then that results to you know, lack of positive guidance, you know what I mean? Because if you ain't got that positive guidance, you know what that's going to lead to. Now that's going to lead to you not doing what you're supposed to do in school, you know what I mean? Because you already acting like an adult at home, you in adult conversations, you know what I'm saying? So leads to that. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I mean that just that topic alone, I can kind of talk about that all day, but I ain't going to get all deep into it, you know what I'm saying? Because I, it's, it's a lot that I see just with that in general, even to the point to where, you know, I'm me personally, I have an issue with today's music, you know, with, with because it's all toxic for females and males. I have a huge issue with, it. you know, we had bad music when we were growing up. But at the same time, there was a, a sense of um, standards because it was standards only because of our parents. First of all, we know we ain't finna just listen to that with our parents and be singing all the lyrics like that you know what i mean like y'all was talking about earlier about the juvenile song yeah that was a jam we loved it back then but at the same time we ain't finna just be singing all that around our parents like that you know what i mean they they weren't going for that but it's different now so we understood well i know this is wrong but i like this music but now it the the, the music is worse and the kids are just it's it's publicized like it's okay you know what i mean so i have a huge issue with with today's me like my kids you ain't now, if you at school with your, you with your friends, I don't know what you got. But here, you know, what I'm saying we ain't doing that. You know what I mean? And so we, ain't, you know, because that that because because that music and then also plays a, a, a issue mentally. You know what I mean? And then kids start to act off what they hear and and then leads to one thing after another. So, um, but all in all, man, it's just that village. You know what I mean? That that village. Um, you know, because you know, it's, kids can get get away with a lot more now because the, they don't have that village back then. That wasn't happening. You know what I'm saying? I remember I was at a friend house when I was a little boy and, um, you know, I'm saying my friend mama, she got on to me. I was next door to her house. I wouldn't even at her house. And I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. And <laughs> she got on to me. I live way around the other corner, you know, around the corner. You know what I'm saying? But that ain't happening now, you know, so. I think um, what with what Avery was saying, like it's like a lack of respect, and not just for your parents and your household, like everybody. 
Because, like, the music, that was a respect thing. Like, okay, we got our headphones on. Are we listening to the car? But I'm not going to let my mama know I bought Trina's new album. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is this? So, um, right. and, you know, like, right. and you use the same curse words Trina was using, but right. she's not going to let me listen to this Trina album. So I think, <laughs> and not just respect, like, these kids, they don't respect the teachers. And like I said, I, I know growing up, we were, you know, they had a lot of people that made problems for teachers and faculty, but these kids will cut somebody out for just saying, well, your homework. Like, how do you think it's okay <laughs> to cut somebody out? Like, it's just crazy. I mean, you see it with, I feel like, I know now we have video, everything's record, being recorded all the time, but when you see people being robbed, like, robbing old ladies, like, at gunpoint, like, it's just, there are no, it's no code or no rules anymore. Like, if they want it, like, they're really going to get it, and it don't matter mm -hmm. who's in the way. Yeah, the phone and social media changed the game. Yep. Yeah. Changed the game. It's a whole nother game right now. A whole nother game. Because the kids yep. on their phones, I think I always say, you know, now when your baby born, they got a new iPhone plan already ready. Yeah. <laughs> the baby a phone. For real. They're born swiping. Just don't let them come with the baby. Real talk. <laughs> That's crazy, yeah. Real, real. cuz I mean I think the parents use it too. When they don't want to deal with the kids, they say, "Hey." Yep. It's a little bit oh, on the yeah. parents too now, you know, a lot of parents got a little yeah. lazy. Yeah, you know? that's what, um who was that who just made that comment? Uh Ty said that uh, social media is the current mentors. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Social media, tablets, so YouTube, all that, you know, depending on the age of your kid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have to find that like I I be hiding that tablet like you ain't gonna get the tablet with me. <laughs> like, I, it, no, I'm so serious. I'm so yeah. bad with it. Like, I hide it from their mama. Like, you're not finna give it to me. I hide it from her too. So she, 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 like, she, like, she like, where the tablet at? Yeah, it's it's put up. You know, in, in fact, it's yeah. here right now as we speak. Yeah. For real, for real, for real, for real. I mean, it, it got to the point now. Like, the parents are mechanic kids doing that. I mean, scared to ask the kids for something. Yeah. Do some or do anything. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the kids used to be the workers. You had the kids to do the work. Mm -hmm. Those days over, it feel like. Yeah. Definitely a new game we in. That's terrible. All right. We're going to go to our next question. You know, we got to move along. Uh, what is something that needs to be taught foundationally to the next generation? Foundationally. Respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was gonna say the same thing, Coach. <laughs> sure, respect. Yeah, respect. Um, yeah, at Black IU Sports, that's like that's one of our uh, our slogans. You know, work hard, be committed, show respect. That's our motto. So, you know, I, I teach our kids that you got to be respectful to everybody around you. You know, what I mean, to me, if you, I mean, I was taught that by my grandmother when I was a kid. I'm from Alabama, the rural South, so you know, you know, Alabama, Mississippi. You okay. know, what I mean, y'all already know, Adrian. Y'all already know. You know, so it's like. I come from that. You know, I come from getting yep. whooped by the neighbor, the, the the teacher at school, you know, anybody if you get out of line. So um, I teach my kids the same thing. It's a little tough, though, with social media because, you know, everybody um, is trying to I feel like that's the third parent in the household. I feel like you kind of got another parent raising your kids because they'll they'll test you because of what Google said or what whatever new app they got today that you don't know about said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know they, they know how to make money now. They, I mean, it's it, it's it's almost tough to get them through high school now because they got so much at their mm -hmm. access. And uh, yeah. 
I know teachers call us, you know, me and my wife all the time about that phone. That phone is, I mean, with all the kids, they say it's going on all through the school, that phone. They got they on the phone again, they on the phone again. I'm like, I mean, what I mean, I don't know the solution. Y'all may have y'all make boxes like they do the comedy shows. Let me ask you, I, got a, I know, right? For real, I like that. Yeah, but they yeah. said they can't take their phone. They said they can't take their phone. So it's like, what do you do? No, they keep it. You just, but you can't use it. It's in the little right. lock things at the end of the day. And they need to. Let yeah. me let me ask this because me being from the south, I know this was big for us growing up. You know what I'm saying? But when I left the south, it wasn't. So I always said yes, ma'am, no sir, right? And you know, once I left the south, it was like people were like. Oh, don't call me ma'am, my mom is ma'am, or don't call yes. me sir, my dad is sir. You know what I mean? And my oh, nephew, he does the same thing. He'd be like, yes, ma'am, no sir. And people don't, now it's like, don't say that to me, right? Well, you know, I respect you, you know, but I feel like when I left the South, it was like, don't say that, that's slave talk, or that's, you know what I'm saying? That's like something where we like, nah, that's, that's a sign of respect. Like I respect you as being on this earth, you know, Mm-hmm. the same age as my parents, you know what I'm saying? Or more, right. right? It had nothing to do with that. It's like, you, I owe you deference. Like, I owe you that. So why is that changed? And why is that such like a big deal to not do that? Social media. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. So, I mean, I'm, to this day, I'm 38. If I start working a new job tomorrow and a lady I work with is 76, you miss Janet. I don't care how many times you say call me Janet. All right, Miss Janet. Like that's just right. It's just what my mind gonna always go to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the same thing. I think when people like all the terms of endearment, people are like don't say that to me. Don't call me this. Don't. And I don't know what it is, but oh, oh, excuse one real quick, uh, Drina. Um, Rob got to fall off, so I don't know if he wanted to kind of chime in real quick before he fall off. Yeah, thank you for coming on. But you know, I appreciate you it, man. I appreciate everybody here in your thoughts and and this is this conversation, you know. And and my, my cousin Lorenzo said definitely respect. Um, uh, Maquila said financial literacy. That was one I was thinking. You know, financial literacy is huge, huge, major, 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 major. I would not have left and grad. I would not have went to college and got ten thousand dollars in credit card debt if I had some financial literacy. <laughs> I, I would not have done it. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of things I would do differently. Even now that the understanding of different the ideas and the tax benefits, and I mean, mm-hmm. if you you need we need to be teaching this soon as they come into school. Period. So mm-hmm. financial literacy, but my mind is empathy. I think this word uh-huh. empathy uh-huh. is is super powerful. Empathy and okay. empathy to me is love and action. Because uh-huh. okay. love is really what connects us all. Loving yourself and loving other people. But how do you do that? Empathy is actually love and action. It's actually listening to understand other people. It's actually listening with the intent to understanding. Most of the time when we're conversating, we're conversating to get our point across and then to get our point across and go back and forth. But when you listen to with the intent of understanding, it changes the relationship. I know this from my marriage and how it changed in 2018. The word empathy is something that should be used a lot. So I would say we start adding some more empathy and teaching the power of it. So what happens is, what folks realize is that once you become an intent listener and an empathetic listener, people start to listen to you more. Mm-hmm. The conversation gets richer. The, the relationships get deeper. More things get accomplished. Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And you start releasing these uh, these amazing uh, neurochemicals in your body that actually produce good well-being for your immune system. So it's like doing good for others 
it benefits you in the whole. It's weird. So we should try that more often. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for letting me be here in this conversation. And uh, yeah, blessings to you guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, that was a good one. I would say integrity. Mm. It's huge. This generation, they, if they can get away with it, they will. They they lack a lot of integrity. They they trying to get it how they live. They here for a short time, a, a, fun, a good time, a long time. They don't care. It's just whatever. <laughs> like, mm. Whoever can get it first, it is like they going to get it. They running over whoever they got to run over to get where they trying to go. Zero mm-hmm. integrity. Definitely have to teach them um, financial literacy too. But yeah, just instill those values. Um, I, I, so I help with that. So I, I help with, you know, especially teaching kids how to, you know, do the savings account, start credit. Um, also, you know, how to, you know, work in the market. One of the things I didn't know. So this, this was one thing that I had to realize, like some of the things that I was doing, like, isn't common sense um, to everybody. Like to me, I thought it was common sense. And then even with credit, right? I've always had good credit. I've always had good credit, never had bad credit ever in my life. I went from no credit to over 700, you know what I'm saying? And so teaching how to get high credit, you know, is something that I definitely help, you know, with kids because I didn't know what I was doing was all that great. I thought it was just common sense, like, but um, I definitely do that. So teaching kids credit is big, how to just be financially fundamental, you know, as an adult is extremely big as well too. Accountability, I see. Um, Empathy was was definitely great. I think just having that, right? Like having that feel for someone else and being able to feel for their story or feel for, you know, what they're going through, I think is is super huge. You know, say y'all on the same team and Maybe a guy on your team, you know, his family is a little down and out. Maybe he's not eating the same way that you are and having empathy for that situation and learning that to say, hey, I got a whole loaf of bread. Let me give you half, whatever. You know what I mean? But just building that type of character, it it builds a sense of community. And I feel like that's something that we've lost because remember, I don't know about y'all, but growing up in the hood, like we shared, right? So People, it wasn't nothing for people to knock on your door like, hey, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Or, hey, Mm -hmm. can I borrow a few slices of bread? Or, hey, can I do whatever the case may be, right? We've had a sense of community. And sometimes I feel like we're losing that. No, we've lost that big time. That's not something that we could do now. And feel comfortable doing that at at the same time. Because knowing that at some point, it's going to be your turn. Like, you're going to need to go and knock on your neighbor's door and ask them for something as well, too. Shout out to my neighbor, because I always go get stuff. From <laughs> 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 like, I wanted some pancakes this morning, but I don't have no pancake mix. <laughs> I would say um, the golden rule. Like, I think a lot of people, that's what I was raised on. I think a lot of people, if you started to treat others how you want to be treated. Like, you know, if you treated everybody that way, I think it would just make the world a better place on top of everything else y'all said. But I think that's one thing. 
My sister said, if you need to borrow some eggs now, you're going to talk about me because I'm going to do goddamn pancakes. And if you got some, I'm coming to Kim. <laughs> Tell the world I don't care. Shit. I need some eggs. But yeah, you're right, Drina. You're right. Look, folks are just losing all types of humanity. They just they just yeah. losing it. Just because they're living, they're striving for something that's that, that doesn't exist. Like I post the other day, social media is not a real place. We can't drive there and park our car and go. It doesn't exist. Okay. For real. Not a real place. For real. For real. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so easy to be wherever you want to be for 30 seconds. Yeah, well, you know, social media is everybody's highlight reel, like sports yep. center. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's sports center for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get to this next one. You know, uh, we got to cut on time for internet radio. So, um, what was it about your childhood that drove you to mentor the youth? Hmm. Mm, that's a good um, question. Go ahead, sir. You go ahead. I'm going to go. Yeah, I mean, for me, like like I mentioned earlier, um, it was more so um, the, the neighborhood I grew up in. Uh, like I said, I, I grew up in a great household. I uh, grew up in a church. My dad is a pastor, um, you know, mom and dad. So um, grew up in a great household, but at the same time, we lived in the hood. And so being in the hood, you're exposed to some things that, you know, that's out of the norm. That's not, you know, that you ain't, that's totally different, opposite of what you're being taught in the house. And so, um, so when graduated high school, went off to college, my first year of college, um, actually it was my sophomore year, I got kicked out. I kicked out of school basically for the same things that I was exposed to in my neighborhood uh, was uh, one of the things, that's the reason why I got kicked out my sophomore year. Um, and so after being kicked out of school, and I remember coming home, and I remember sitting in front of one of my homeboys' house, and at the time, my oldest son, he was three months years old. He's 17 now, but at the time, it was three months. And I remember sitting there, I was like, man, man, if I, if I, you know, mess around and get in trouble again or something similar to this situation, you know what I mean? It's going to be another young black boy growing up in the house without a black father. You know what I mean? And so then that's when it hit me at that, at that moment. And so then from there, um, it was 2006. It was right after Katrina. Uh, so 2006 of that summer, um, I got a call from the Grand Casino to go work front desk or whatever. So I remember getting my first check and I was like, man, I can take care. I can support my son and, and myself off this, you know what I mean? And then got my uh, turn 21, I think. No, it was actually a year after that. I think I turned 21 in 07, whatever. But anyway. Got my apartment, and um, then from there, I was like, man, I'm going to try to get back into school after being out, kicked out for two years. And then um, got back into school. Um, of course, I couldn't get into any other college because my GPA had dropped so low when I got kicked out. And so I was getting denied left and right because of my GPA. Um, and so the only school that actually gave me an opportunity was William Carey University. Uh, so they just brought me in and put me on academic probation. But that was the first time I really ever took school serious. And so then from there, I was – as I'm going through school, also working, I was like, man, you know, that's that's when I was like, I, re I really want to have a mentoring program because in that same neighborhood that I grew up in, it's young boys that didn't have the opportunity that I have, which me, I think what helped me was because anytime that I would do something wrong, about to do something wrong, I can always hear my daddy in my ear. You know what I'm saying? Because of, I was raised in a house with my mom and dad. But in that same neighborhood, some of them same people they're not raised with a father in the house. You know what I mean? So they don't have that 
positive uh, guidance or that positive person in their ear or somebody telling them right. It's some people in that same neighborhood. The only thing they know is bad. You know what I mean? So when you know better, you do better. And so for me, some of those guys didn't know better. They only knew what they, you know, say they grew up in a negative household. The, the environment they lived in was negative. Everything was around them negative. There was nothing positive at, at all. And so uh, that was the reason I was like, man, so I want to put together a mentoring program to go back to my community and help these young black boys. And so that's when I put together a youth summit. And then from there, uh, the, you know, my, the birth of my nonprofit was born from that youth summit. Um, uh, I, I think, I think for me, um, me growing up without a father, um, that was, that was the main thing for me growing up in the projects on Orange Road projects, Mobile, Alabama. Um, not, not very many people make it out of there. You know, <laughs> um, the state alone is a hard state to make it out of, but to make it out of that, um, I think, um, once I got an opportunity to give back, I told myself I always would, I did have mentors around along the way cause I played sports as well, but I feel like you know, if my father was there every single day, I would have had a different push to do it. So I think that's why I stay on so much on my kids about doing it, training, eating right, uh, uh, being media ready. Uh, when you go to these events, you know, know what you're talking about, know the sport, uh, uh, know the economic side of the sport as well. You don't just need to know, you know, I want to play this, I want to do this. You need to know why you want to play and how much you can earn from doing it as well. So I teach them the economic side as well. All my all my players, same thing. Um, and I also think um, – to be completely transparent, uh, giving back to our neighborhoods, the people, the, the kids in our neighborhoods that really need it. Um, those are the neighborhoods that we really, uh, we, we, we excel in. Um, when, when we go to those parts, um, I think a lot of kids need to see people that look like them. You know what I mean? That looks exactly like them that come from where they come from. I think it's, you know, um, and, and if they see you as a, in a successful uh, position, then they, they, they tend to follow you. Um, I, I moved from state to state doing what I do, and, and it's and it's a blessing to see like kids that literally have never played basketball want to play basketball. All of a sudden, they, their parents come to me and say they want to train, they want to play more. You know, they hated the sport before you coached them, stuff like that. So you know, it, 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 it's it's a great thing for 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 us too as, as as men and women as out here mentoring in the community. It's just a good feeling. It's something that you know I do for free, and um, I think that's when you find your passion when it's something that you'll do for free. Mm -hmm. Adrian, Drew, I got anything? <laughs> like, y'all ain't like this y'all first radio. What's going on? No, um, so <laughs> as far as mentoring, as far as mentoring, I don't really like mentor any children, but whenever I found out that Abraham was putting this organization together, and it was all guys that I grew up with, like all of them that were putting it together, I was excited for them and I wanted them to make sure they had the resources that they needed. So I was like, well, the one thing I can give them ideas on how to raise money. Like, okay, you can have this kind of event. You can do this or whatever. And then it kind of like snowballed into now I'm on the board. <laughs> now I'm on the board of the organization. And like, that's my way of giving back, you know, just being there to be of service for the people that are actually doing the mentoring because I'm proud of them and what they're doing. And I think it, you know, it's important work. Absolutely. Because I remember when they were bad kids, and I was so that's <laughs> I remember when they were all bad, <laughs> and I was like, This is great, they doing this. Let me let me help them be even greater. 
And, and you know, it's some, it's some, it's some special about seeing a child like from a, a little child, like first grade, second grade, and then you see some of them make it to the NFL. Some make it, you know. I mean, they make they make it to the big. I mean, not even just that. It's just that they make it to be successful uh, young men and women. You know, what I mean, like right now, I'm coaching on my team right now. This will be my first time coaching a young lady in football. So we have a girl playing on our football team. So that's something, you know, I haven't, you know, it's my first experience. So I'm literally learning on, on, on the fly. You know, this is tackle oh, football. <laughs> yeah, this is tackle football, unlimited weight. So it's not like, it's not like a little wreck. It's like, a, it's like competitive football. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I know exactly what you mean, coach. I, I, yeah. I almost ran into that issue last year, but, you know, we was able to, I, um, last year I coached the 10 and this year I'll be coaching 10 but, Last okay. year we had enough kids to where we can split teams. So uh, the girl, uh, I, you know, I, that's a challenge, man. I, I didn't want to do it. So I kind of, I didn't put her on my team. I put on her. <laughs> You're terrible. You're terrible. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I may hey, not have a choice this year, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, you, you know what? I mean, to be honest, I mean, for me, it's a, it's a great experience. Um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the a lot of the boys on my team are like, Coach, can we really tackle her? Can we really Right, right. You no, know, they, they kinda like looking like I'm like, Yes, yeah, she gonna have to you gonna have to go home. Right. Like <laughs> we, we trying to win. Right, exactly. You know, and see, real. I got a little girl, and so that's why it's just hard for me to be like, nah, so, man. Hey, she out here with pads? No, nah, yeah. hey, hit her just like you gonna hit him. You know, yeah, what I'm we got some real, we got some real, you know, we got some real gators and hyenas. I'm like, y'all gonna have to go yeah. ahead. I mean, I, she gonna have to go head up, she wanna play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. the parents know, and that's a, and that's the thing too. Now, with you know, what I'm saying with the equal opportunity thing, you can't tell her no. Right? So, yep. Yeah, you know, you're you right. You tell her no. So you know, it's like if she want to play, she, you know, we got the same rules that go for everybody. So that's fact. It's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna, but I, but I, you know, I I got my boys rallying around, and we even gave her a little nickname, Queen. So she love it. All yeah. the boys, you know, we, we got to find that happy medium. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody can be happy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to squeeze in one more question. Oh, you going to go, Adrian? I was going to yeah. try to one more question. I was, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be real quick. But for me, it was just there was so much that I didn't know when I was growing up that made me say, you know what, I, I want to help mentor other people. I want to make sure that I'm able to give game that I have that I wished I would have had when I was younger. Um, and I feel like that that's what really made me personally want to do it. Because I look at it like, man, if I would have known this, at this age, or if I would have known this back then, you know, yeah. I had trial and error to really figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And to skip that because I'm a knowledge seeker. So hmm. I've always wanted to seek that different knowledge out. So if you're someone that wants that, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to help you get to that next level. So that's what always made me say, you know what? I'm going to give back. I'm going to make sure that I pick my brother up or pick this young, you know, youngster up to make sure that he got the game. To get to the next level. All right, real quick, y'all, because we gotta be off by ten. <laughs> if you could give the youth three tools to prepare them for success, what would they be? I let y'all gentlemen go now. Um, <laughs> I I think I think my my three would be. Uh, first is to be proactive. Wow. Um, secondly, would be to eliminate distractions, and my third would be to uh, surround yourself with positive people. You know what I mean? I, you know, I, I believe in 
you know, if you surround yourself with five dummies, you're going to be the sixth one. You know what I mean? But if you surround yourself with five driven, successful people, you're going to follow that lead to be successful and driven as well. Whatever you define success as, you know what I mean? It's, success is different for everybody, you know, but, you know, within that, you know, you see that they're successful in their realm. Um, then you will also find yourself being successful as, as, as well, um, you know, being around those group of people. So that that, that would be my my uh, three tools. Uh, oh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I, three things, uh, three tools to prepare them for success. I'll say um, listen. That's my number one thing. Listen more than you speak, because I think if you're listening, then you're going to gain a lot more information than if you're talking. Um, the, the second thing I always teach my my uh, my, my kids in my program is to, uh, you know, be on time. You know, um, I think anytime you show up for anything, I think you should show up ready to work, uh, be on time um, in respect for everybody around you. And uh, and, and just uh, be committed. Whatever you're working for, be committed to it. So I think if, you know, um, a lot of a lot of my kids want to be, you know, professional players, I tell them you got to be committed. You can't play Fortnite. You can't play Xbox. You can't, you know, eat Scooby snacks all day. You got to be up. You know, what I mean? you got to be up at three, four in the morning, five, running them hills, you know, running on the beach. I mean, I tell my kids, y'all live in Cali. Y'all blessed. You know, it's cats in Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia and on the East Coast. It's raining. It's cold. We out here where it's sunny pretty much 300 days a year or more. And it's nice weather. So there's no excuse for you. And we got one of the biggest media markets. Uh, so, I mean, you know, be committed. Whatever you want to do, be committed to it. Um, for me, one of the big things is try. Like, failure is okay. Um, I feel like we we grow up, and this was, this was the biggest thing for me ever um, that I had to learn. Failure is okay try different things. If you fail, then you know that this is probably something that you can do, but you got to try it. You got to continue to try. You got to continue to push the envelope and try different things. And if you fail, it's okay. You do the next thing. Most millionaires, billionaires, whatever, like they failed more times than they've been successful. It's just that the time that they were successful, it hit and it hit big, right? But they didn't know that until they kept trying things. You know what I mean? So keep trying. You know, it's OK. Like, I get it. Our school system is structured in a way that you got to get 100 percent on everything to be the best. Right. But we know typically the people that makes 100 on everything aren't the ones that's running the country. That's that's just not how that really works. So teaching your kids that it's OK. It's OK to push yourself to the limits. It's OK if you fail. It's what you do after that failure and how you learn. Right. Soak up knowledge. Soak up game. You got to be a student of whatever it is that you're doing. Learn, listen, you know, sit there, be a student. So you got to be a student to become the teacher at some point. Right. And you just got to move different. Right. Like I can remember one thing I wish also someone would have told me is that, bro, you see them kids that make straight A's just like you. I know you from the hood, but this that's where you need to be. You need to be over there with them because them going to be the circles that you in as you get older. Mm -hmm. Now, nah, I, I want to be with the hood kids. Right. Because that's where I'm from. I don't want to hang with the cats. That's going to be lawyers and doctors and everything else. I want to hang with these hood boys 
and, and messing up my circle. You know what I'm saying? But you don't get that until you older and you like, dang, like my man's doing X, Y, and Z. My man's doing this. Like, but my man's that I wanted to spend so much time with still on the block chip. Mm-hmm. And now we don't even, we don't really talk like that no more because he can't even relate to me because I've moved on. I'm doing bigger and better things. So he feel like I, I, I'm a sellout. those are the three things that i would definitely you know what i'm saying your circle be a student and be okay with failure yeah Drina? mine would be um comparison is a thief of joy so it's okay you know you don't need to compare yourself to other people and where they're at in life because their goal where they're going is not the same place you're going and it's okay to be happy for people you know if they succeed and you aren't eventually you'll get there as long as you stay on your path um whatever say what you mean and mean what you say no matter what other people have to say about it like if that's how you feel about something make sure you stand on it because one day you'll have to defend yourself from and the reason you make your the choices you make and then the third one would just be to um if it's something that you really want like keep going after like don't just try to be mediocre at it try like your best to be the best at it find out as much information as you need because there's some everybody wants to talk about how uh like th- how things aren't fair there are some principles in life that you don't really have to do much for like he said being on time you don't gotta really work hard to be on time to show mm-hmm. up or if it's some information you want you don't have to ha- be a millionaire to get the information you just have to read and do the work behind it that's mm-hmm. going to get you to that goal my three are quick simple and to the point be intentional be consistent and remain disciplined that's what i got i appreciate y'all for coming on today do y'all got anything y'all want to share that y'all got coming up you want to promote you want to push let the people know this is your time to shine um I want to shout out, um, you know, uh, thank you for inviting me on the pod- podcast. You know, it's my first time, so I'm a little excited about this. Uh, thank you again for the opportunity. And I want to just, uh, my IG is uh, at Coach Bam underscore and uh, at Blackout Youth Sports, Blackout Youth Sports. So that's it. And that's the, that's the other Instagram. So at Coach Bam underscore and then at Blackout Youth Sports. Those are the Instagrams. Please check us out. Follow us. And we'll, you know, we'll stay in contact with y'all. Y'all can see what we're doing out here. You said at youth sports? Blackout youth. Oh, so blackout. Uh, yeah, blackout youth sports. Okay. B-L-A-C-K-O-U-T-Y-O-U-T-H sports. All right. I'll put your stuff is in the comments, y'all. Y'all can check them out. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. And I just I want to say uh thank you. Thank you all for having me on. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed this time, enjoyed the conversation. Uh huge shout out to Drina, as always. <laughs> um <laughs> But you know, all in all, I don't have any events coming up. However, uh, you guys can uh, follow us. Um, our website for the nonprofit is gulfcoastonl.org. Uh, that's for a nonprofit. Um, if you're interested in purchasing my book, um, you can actually just Google Abraham Taylor. It'll, it'll pop up. Uh, it's on Amazon, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, online, Walmart. Um, it was self-published through Archway, so it's all through Archway uh, Publishing as well. Um, and if you're interested in some fitness apparel, you can go to abraware.us. Um, that's also uh, one of my Instagram handles as well, uh, abraware.us.
We're gonna have to link up, man. You know, huh? I said we're gonna have to link up. Yeah, no doubt. And and um, what uh, what's the host name, Didi? Yeah, you gotta Didi, get Didi. Didi was there. Oh, off the screen so y'all can see our name. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When she when she was talking about being a fitness coach and you know and a trainer and everything, yeah, I definitely need to uh, get with you. I am the core queen. You can look me up on anything. Yes. The core queen. Google me. Instagram. The core. The core queen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Ever ever started this brand when he was like in the seventh or eighth grade. He started his yeah. clothing Yeah, and, and, and the teacher shut me down. I was man, I was popping, and the teacher shut it down. <laughs> you won't let me sell it. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, y'all got anything coming up? No, I don't. Drew said no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we good. We running out of time. You know. Yeah. Got, you got four GC, minutes. Yeah, GC. Um. Uh, mentoring so veterans. So, I guess real quick, you know, one thing that I'm starting to do is definitely help our veterans that's transitioning out the military. This is something that was asked to me. So, you know, as a veteran, I'm like, I didn't really think about doing that, but hey, I'm here. You know, so. I'm actually hosting a seminar on, you know, resume writing, um, interviewing and, you know, how to, you know, present yourself as you transition out of the military. So that's something that I'm going to be doing um, as well. Um, that's yeah. awesome, Andrew. That's what we yeah, got. We need on. that, too. We need that. Yeah, yeah. it is very much needed. Yeah, I didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, we, we realize it. Like, I remember when I first, you know, transitioned out, I was like, my, you know, when someone looked at my resume, they like, yeah, that's trash. So, <laughs> I'm, you know, like, yeah, I mean, no, it's real talk. You're like, what? All these jargons and terms that you got? Like, no. Mm -hmm. So realizing that is like, oh, this is a need for this. So I'm working, um, you know, with companies that, you know, definitely are heavy with uh, veterans of helping them with these things and helping them interview and talk outside of slang and jargon, you know, that we learned while we were in the military. So, yeah. All right, real quick, since I only got two minutes, um, y'all know I got my back to school badge coming up August 19th. If you want to donate, I'm going to put it in the uh, comments, the drop off location for school supplies or anything, cash app. We're going to have horseback riding. We got a car show. We got bounce houses. We got Relay games, we got food vendors, we got all kinds of stuff for the kids. So in my hometown, Bristol, Pennsylvania, show up if you can, donate if you can, all information in the comments. Um, Y'all know that I have, uh, I'm filming the TV show right now. We're on, uh, almost finished episode one, about to go on episode two. Um, I'll be able to tell y'all a little bit more about it here soon. Uh, we just got picked up with Netflix, Hulu, Sony, Universal, so it's a pretty big deal. Um, eh, I'm excited about it. I got a lot of stuff going on. I'll tell y'all next week. But hey, that's all I got right now because I only got two minutes. But I'll talk to y'all <laughs> after the show once we go off live. Um, and thank y'all so much for coming. Our guest co-hosts, y'all are amazing. We appreciate y'all for what y'all doing in the community. Keep doing what y'all doing. Y'all are doing great work. Uh, we need more people like y'all. If I could clone y'all like they did Jamie, I would. <laughs> we'll catch y'all next week. <laughs> 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 and we out. Oh, my God.